Gold, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is early Tuesday morning, recording this at 1 o'clock. It has been quite the ride. Uh, Took a while to get back home from Pepsi Center. There is actually a a literal snowstorm that is covering the the ground here in Denver, but uh, it is not as cool as Nikola Jokic was in the clutch tonight. He was absolutely incredible in this game. Uh, This was a signature moment if there ever was one. The Nuggets played the Memphis Grizzlies tonight, and they won. The final score was 139-137 to in double overtime. Denver had multiple chances where they could have gone down, where they could have fallen out of the picture on this one. Uh, There were a lot of opportunities, I would say, and and they would have been fine had they quit. Uh, They were down 12 points with about 3.5-3.50 to go in regulation. And at that point, I turned to my media colleague, Vinny Vinny Benedetto, next to me and said, they're cooked, they're done. Uh, They were not cooked. And the biggest reason for that, of course, was the MVP himself, Nikola Jokic. What a performance from Nikola Jokic, who puts himself, he puts a stamp on this MVP race. 47 points, 15 rebounds, 8 assists. Did have seven turnovers, but who cares about those right now? 20 of 31 from the field. Missed 11 shots tonight, but made 20 of them. Two of six from three, including the dagger three at the end of double overtime. Five of six from the free throw line. Didn't need to go to the line 15 times in order to put his stamp on the game. He was dominant within the confines. He did exactly what he needed to do without getting fouled, or without having to be fouled, without having to draw fouls. His game was beautiful tonight, but it wasn't like it wasn't apparent that this is what was going to happen. Will Barton scored the first 13 points of the game. Denver's offense, they were mostly in a bind other than that. Uh, they had some moments, but started the game off and were turning the ball over like crazy throughout this one, especially in the first half. 15 turnovers in the first half. Denver definitely felt the absences of Jamal Murray, Monte Morris, in terms of getting into their offense and being stable. Uh, They weren't able to do that. And the Memphis Grizzlies, despite the fact that they didn't have a lot of size on the floor, they did a great job of playing the passing lanes, forcing mistakes from Denver. They were great. Will Barton, though, he scored the first 13 points of the game. Uh, Nikola Jokic, he started off pretty badly. I think he had four turnovers in his first stint. Only had, I think, two points, maybe three, maybe four. Uh, He didn't start off the game well. Faku and AG, uh, Aaron Gordon, they were both bad offensively in this game. Really bad in some cases. Michael Porter Jr. started off the game bad. He recovered, but it wasn't looking great. And then Barton, though he started the game off incredibly hot, was absolutely incredible at the beginning of this game. The middle of his game was just as bad. He completely shut down. In a lot of those cases, he could barely get a shot to go at the rim. I don't know if he got any shots to go at the rim, to be frank. That is a big concern. All that to say, though, the Nuggets had a lot of barriers in their way from winning the game tonight. It was against the Memphis Grizzlies on a Monday night, snowing outside in April. Like, who wants to play this game? This is 
this time of the season really does replace the March malaise uh, from years past, in that most teams, especially teams like Denver, where they have proven what they need to prove, uh, they've had a lot of emotional highs, and now they're on an emotional low at this point after having, they won a couple of games without Jamal Murray, but it's getting harder. It's getting harder to to figure that out. They didn't know whether they could pull this one out unless they had the version of Nikola Jokic that they had tonight. And he was unbelievable. Put the team on his back in a very unique way. Had seven offensive rebounds tonight and six putback baskets, which I think is incredible. Uh, But it also kind of underscores that he didn't just do that. He had 14 other baskets because he made 20 total shots. That's been done four times this season. Once by Bradley Beal, once by Nikola Jokic, and the other time by Jamal Murray, who did it in his 50-point game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Jokic was in his bag tonight in a lot of cases. Uh, He was punishing the Memphis Grizzlies for being at the rim and for being small at the rim. He would walk his man all the way back. Most of the time it was Xavier Tillman. You'd get him under the basket and do what he needed to do kind of right in front of the basket in order to get a quality shot up. Sometimes he missed him, and he had he had a couple where he put his head in his hands because he was so upset that he had missed an open shot. But that's how great he was tonight. At one point, he was 12 of 17, I think, heading into the fourth quarter. And that was after struggling at the beginning of the game. Not necessarily from a shooting efficiency perspective, but from just making plays in general. It wasn't his best. He didn't have it at the beginning. But his ability to get it going after five turnovers in the first half, very few successful possessions in the first quarter, wasn't great on defense. It is amazing the switch that he can flip and that it is this substantial. Going from just meh, kind of eh, to completely and undeniably indestructible. Nobody could have stopped him tonight with the way that he was going. The shots that he was making. Not Rudy Gobert. Not Joel Embiid. And certainly not Xavier Tillman. Did that play a part in how effective he was? Yes. But he was going to win this game. He also played some really great defense in this one, especially in clutch time. Had a lot of great plays, a lot of great examples. Closed out really hard on a Grayson Allen game-winning three in the far corner. He basically started in pick-and-roll coverage uh, against John Morant, but they did kind of a scram uh, switch from his man so that he didn't get involved in the action. Had to recover all the way to the far corner, and he was able to do that. Bothered Grayson Allen on his shot. Forced the game into overtime. At the end of overtime... Memphis has another opportunity to win the game. He stunted really well between John Morant and the corner shooter in the strong side corner towards the end of that overtime. And he got John Morant caught between passing and shooting because of how great of a stunt it was. It was a very smart defensive play. It will not show up in the statistics as a smart defensive play. But Nikola Jokic is a smart defensive player. That is why he is a good clutch time defensive player. 
He's always been good in the clutch. And there are reasons for that. He forced a missed fast break dunk from Grayson Allen late in overtime. After Will Barton had that, that egregious turnover where he was spinning and totally got caught on a spin move. Uh, that was a really egregious turnover. And it was basically a three on one fast break. And Nikola Jokic stopped it. Not sure why Grayson Allen decided he needed to dunk there, but Nikola Jokic said, thank you very much. We will take that ball back now. And that was a very important piece of it. But the real MVP stuff happened because of the shots he hit in double overtime. Goes down to the left block, one-on-one coverage, does a reverse pivot. Uh, Adam Morris's favorite move. Uh, you turn over one shoulder, fake that way, and then use that same pivot foot to reverse back the other direction. Shoot a shot over the other shoulder. He did the same exact move on the right block, except flipped as a second basket. Third basket he hits. Game is tied. Nuggets need a basket. One minute left in the game or so, maybe just a bit over. Gets the ball. He runs two-man game with Michael Porter Jr. MPJ wisely gives it back to him. Jokic pump fakes, gets his man up in the air, gets by him. Then Euro steps back around his man, Xavier Tillman. Maybe it was Brandon Clark. I don't remember. I think it was Xavier Tillman. Euro steps back around his man so that he hits a clutch Euro step floater at the buzzer to put Denver up by two. The Grizzlies get a basket back, and then they Denver has to score again. And I had talked to other media members. I've talked to people in the Nuggets in the Denver Stiffs group chat about this. Jokic constantly pump faking and driving on his threes has really kind of bothered me because of how great he is as a three-point shooter. He set that up entirely today. And then towards the end of the game, dagger shot, pick and pop three, wide open at the top of the key, shoots it, holds the pose, ball drops perfectly through the net. Gets to 47 points. Denver goes up by three with about 40 seconds left to go in OT. Memphis can't recover at that point. It was a great, great moment. I tweeted out yesterday that, in my opinion, I didn't think that Nikola Jokic had his MVP moment yet. Usually when you have an MVP award, usually when you're in this situation, MVP moments come in clutch time. They come against good teams. I'm not not sure if this one entirely qualifies, but 47 points... 15 rebounds, 8 assists, putting the team on your back without your two starting your starting point guard and your backup point guard, putting the team on your back, hitting the dagger shots in overtime, making key clutch defensive plays. If this isn't an MVP moment, I don't know what is. This is sort of the pinnacle of what he's been doing night in and night out. He's been very consistent, been like a metronome. But this team was struggling, and they needed more than the, than the metronome performance they usually got. They needed Nikola Jokic to completely show out, do what he could to get this game done. Denver's now 3-0 without Jamal Murray. 
Jamal's still incredibly important. Has always been important. He'll be important. Uh, they'll they'll miss him very dearly in the playoffs. I know that for a fact. But they're three and zero because of what Nikola Jokic is doing. Only he could get this done, and he did it. He did it exactly how he needed to. He's the MVP of the league. I talked about this with Matt Moore over the weekend. If you haven't listened to that podcast, make sure to check that out on Pickaxe and Roll here. Nikola Jokic is going to be the MVP of the league. And this really is his capstone moment. It's very, very cool to see. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the rest of the starters and the bench. Uh, But first... DraftKings Sportsbook is today's sponsor. It's the original, the official sports betting partner of UFC, which is putting you in the center of this weekend's title fight between Masvidal and Usman. They put on a show the last time they stepped into their octagon. Round two, they're sure to pack a punch. This weekend's fight will give you 26 to 1 odds on either title fighter to reign victorious. Pick either main event fighter to win during tonight's or this weekend's UFC 261 title fight, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 26 to 1 odds. Just bet $5 on either fighter to win. And if they walk out with the belt, you will cash $130 in free bets. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if MMA isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, so much more. Did golf a couple weeks ago with the Masters. Obviously, we're in basketball season right now. You could bet on literally anything. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can put so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up to turn $5 into $130 in free bets. If the title contender of your choice wins, place your bet and watch the fists fly this weekend. That's code MHS to turn $5 into $130 in free bets if the fighter of your choosing takes home the crown for a limited time. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. All right, back here on Pickaxe and Roll. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day. What a win. What a win, Nuggets Nation. This was a really important one. It felt really good. Denver's now 37 and 20 as they enter the final stretch here, the final 15 games. Uh, I know that people are, they kind of get confused about the actual, the actual percentages and whatnot because we're in a 72 game season. Basically, if we were in an 82 game season, Denver would be on pace for 53 wins, which is pretty good given that they've, uh, they're, they're 53.2 wins is the current pace that they're at. Uh, that would be a pretty good season. They were on pace for about, I think, 50 or 52 last year. And their Pythagorean uh, win-loss was 50 last year. So they're pretty much in line with that. And they had to incorporate Michael Porter Jr. and didn't have Aaron Gordon for the first part of this season. 
So it's been really good. Denver has a lot to look forward to, uh, despite the fact that Murray is out. And there's there's a lot to look forward to at this game as well, because I think we, we've learned a little bit more about how this team is going to handle some pressure moments. Will Barton, let's start with him. Wildly up and down tonight. It was just like, if, if Nikola Jokic is a metronome, then I think I could best describe Will Barton as like a, oh, what's the, what's a great thing? Like he, he is a, he's either North Pole or South Pole Will Barton. You can't have Will Barton at the equator. He's not super consistent. And just from play to play, he'll, he'll make some plays that are incredible. And he'll make some plays that make you want to have your eyes bleed. He jacked up an awful step back three in the fourth quarter with about 15 seconds on the clock. Denver's trying to come back in this one. They didn't have guys in, in great rebounding position at that point. So it was really like an awful isolation step back three. But then he follows that up with two incredibly clutch shots uh, to, to close that fourth quarter in overtime. They were back to back. Had a, a really clutch uh, DHO with Jokic and then also kind of came down in transition and hit an important three in the, in that regard. He followed that up with an awful turnover in transition while pushing the ball on a fast break. He tried to spin away from his man, make a flashy move, and turn the ball right over to the opposing team, giving them a three-on-one fast break that Nikola Jokic thankfully stopped. But had they converted... Denver might not have been able to come back. Actually, I don't think they would have been able to come back. Then, Will Barton follows that up with the game-tying three at the end of overtime. I asked him about this post-game. I said, kind of a freestyle play. He knew that Michael Malone wasn't going to call a timeout. Just wanted to get a good shot for either himself or for his teammates. Uh, Jokic gave him a really great screen, and it freed him up. Uh, John Morant was guarding him, I'm pretty sure. And when Will Barton released that one, it was a very gutsy shot because there I don't know if there was anybody in rebounding position at that point because it was kind of in transition. So it was kind of an all-or-nothing shot, and Will Barton hit it. Overall, a great and frustrating game for Will Barton. 28 points on 19 shots, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. To be clear, they don't win this game unless Will Barton does what he does. I just kind of want to highlight this real quick. There's one shot that he had uh, that was kind of like at the elbow, and I'm not going to count it. Other than that, Will Barton tonight shot one of... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Shot one of nine in the paint tonight. That is really bad. Like, really, really bad. And it's getting to the point where so many of those are right around the rim. And fortunately, Jokic is a great offensive rebounding threat. He does a good job of getting into offensive rebounding positions so he could tip and misses. And there are a couple of those that Will Barton doesn't take to the rim unless he knows that Jokic could tip it in. But he still has to finish better than he did. And it's getting to a, a very, very concerning point with him because this probably just is who he is at this point. That if he can't finish those shots, uh, Denver's going to get burned on more than one occasion in the playoffs. Uh, that is a that is something to watch. 
Michael Porter Jr., he started off this game really slowly. He wasn't really involved that well. Uh, Denver's bench still struggles to get him get him involved. And though Paul Millsap had it going, though Jermichael Green had it going in cases, uh, P.J. Dozier also made some good plays. Uh, I think that when, when Michael Porter Jr. is on the floor with the bench unit, you want to be able to use him. You want to be able to get him some shots, make sure that he feels engaged, make sure he feels involved, because a lot of times when he is with the starting unit, they will play a different brand of offense. They'll play through Jokic. They'll play with uh, Faku and PJ and Will, of course. They'll play the two-man game with Jokic. A lot of times that can leave uh, Michael Porter Jr. without some shots. And he was one of six going into halftime. Some of that was his own accord. I don't think he approached it well. In the second half, though, he really bounced back. And especially fourth quarter overtime, double overtime. Third quarter, he didn't really get involved that much. Played the entire fourth quarter, basically, other than like defensive subs. And then the entire OT and double OT periods, other than defensive subs. Finished as the power forward. Played without Aaron Gordon. Uh, actually, he had some minutes at small forward next to Jermichael Green. I will say that. Um, but yeah, he, he mostly finished the game as the power forward. He also finished with 21 points and 7 rebounds despite the fact that he was one of six with four points. Uh, I think. Could have been five. I think it was four. Uh, but yeah, he wasn't great in the first half and really bounced back. He's just so extremely confident in his shot that even when he gets those opportunities late in games, I feel really good about his offense. He made some incredibly important shots in this one. A lot of ones where he really kind of bailed Denver's offense out in a lot of ways. Had one where he he had the ball pitched out to him by Jokic, I'm pretty sure. Kind of missed uh, Michael Porter, but it was on the, on the right wing with about two, three seconds left. Faces up, kind of dribbles into a pump fake three against John Morant. About 28 feet out, 27 feet out. Pump fake three. Let's the defender go by, then kind of jumps through the contest and hits the shot. On the other side of the court, uh, on the uh, the other wing, basically, uh, has a couple where he gets he gets the ball kicked out to him, takes a semi-contested three, drains it. Shot that very few people can make. Important possession where Nikola Jokic turns the ball over with the with the Grizzlies up three. Faku Campazo gets a clutch steal, dishes the ball off to Michael Porter Jr. in double overtime, down three. He just rises and fires, hits that three with confidence. That was an important shot too. And you like to see him continue to make those plays that even on a night where he started off really bad, and he was really bad at the beginning of this one, I thought he comported himself really well. He let... Will Barton and Nikola Jokic kind of run their two-man game. Uh, PJ got involved there. Faku got involved there. Porter really didn't. He was more of just an off-ball threat at that point. And they took advantage of that late in this game where they gave him the ball late and he delivered. That is really, really important. Especially when there's only so much that Jokic can do. Only so much that Will, Will can do. They need some help. 
Porter's exactly that guy that can give it to them. Uh, and I thought that that was just a, a massively, like a couple massively important threes, both for now and the future. Because those are shots that he's going to have to hit in the playoffs too. And he will be capable of doing it. Faku tonight was hit or miss. Uh, the shot was not falling. And it wasn't really a problem, like, until they stopped guarding him entirely. And and he was basically a guy that they weren't going to be worried if the ball found him. And that really put a, a big kibosh on a lot of Denver's offense at times, especially in that third quarter. They really needed him to hit some shots, and he did hit one in transition. It was a pretty confident shot, too. He kind of was on the wing. Uh, Will Barton dishes it off to him. Faku takes it, no hesitation, and makes it, but that was his only make of the night. Uh, the real problem, though, is that when he doesn't make his threes, there's so little else that he can do to get himself out of it. He struggles going to the rim. There was a, a really ugly drive and and, uh, and floater that he had. I think it was in the second quarter. Uh, not a lot to like about his offensive game tonight, though. He did make some good setups. Had that good setup on the steal in the past MPJ. Uh, but he did make a lot of hustle plays. And the foul that Malone challenged, that would have been his sixth foul. He got tangled up with John Morant. Turned out it was an offensive foul. And that was a challenge that Malone won that was really important. There was a play at the end of the fourth quarter uh, in within two minutes where he forced Jaw baseline. And John Morant dribbled off his foot out of bounds. They initially gave it to the Memphis Grizzlies. This crew was really bad tonight. This ref crew, they made a lot of, there were a lot of 50-50 calls that went Memphis's way. Felt like every single one of them, honestly. And, and yeah, I, I just thought that he also had the, like, the transition steal and past MPJ. That was a very clutch basket and a very clutch steal. He needed to come up with that one. And Denver needed that play in order to win this game, 100%. You never ask role players to stop the Stars entirely, but John Morant, he went off for 36 points, 12 assists, 8 rebounds on pretty elite efficiency as well. A couple of those were not helped by the fact that John Morant hit some threes tonight. Uh, he went 2 of 5 from 3. He's usually a 23% three-point shooter, I'm pretty sure. But he drove to the rim. Didn't really feel that resistance from Faku in a lot of cases. But there were also moments where he did. So, not going to completely flame him for that. I'd have to go back and watch all of the clips, which I'm not going to do because it's 1 o'clock in the morning. Um, but we'll see. We'll see whether that sticks. Uh, Michael Malone has some questions to answer, I think, about this rotation. Especially if Monte Morris is out. I'll talk about that in the third segment. Finally, though, here, uh, Aaron Gordon, he was completely invisible tonight. Uh, I do not remember a good thing that Aaron Gordon did. That is not a good sign. Um, 1 of 7 from the field in 22 minutes, 0 of 3 from 3, 2 points, did have 8 rebounds, did have 3 assists, um, had a block apparently, but he just wasn't good. And he was the lowest plus minus of all of Denver's guys. Uh, that means something to me. When he was out there, they just didn't really have it as well. And they had to move Michael Porter to the four in order to close. 
Um, they didn't have to, I don't think. They probably could have gone with a PJ Will at, in the backcourt, but they wanted Faku out there. And I, I understand it. Um, but yeah, he was not good tonight. And there were a lot of moments, I thought, where he tried to get himself out of it. He tried to create a little bit too much, turned the ball over a couple times. Um, a lot of shots that he tried to create for himself. They just weren't good-looking shots. Um, not sure if he had a shot around the rim at all. Oh, no, he did. Um, had a tip shot. Um, missed a tip shot. Got a shot blocked. Um, there was a like just some of the threes that he hit. I didn't think they were in rhythm. I thought he was just trying to create something out of nothing. That's not really his role on this team. That's Will Barton. That's Nikola Jokic. And to some extent, it's Michael Porter. Uh, I don't think that Aaron Gordon should step too far out of that. Michael Malone talked earlier today uh, in the pregame about trying to expand his role a little bit. Uh, but Denver has to be smart about what they do. Uh, and about how he expands his role. So we're going to see. Oh, I, I know what shot he made. It was the Nikola Jokic, Aaron Gordon 5-4 pick and roll. That's right. Um, and it's a good shot. It's a good play. Denver only goes to that like once a game. And for good reason. They don't want to overuse it. But if he can continue to get involved in that regard, that will help. Uh, just kind of as an off-ball guy. As opposed to somebody who's trying to do too much with the ball in their hands. Not having Monte Morris hurts. Not having Jamal Murray hurts. You need somebody to step up with the ball in their hands. I'd like it to be Michael Porter Jr. He still has a long way to go, though. Let's take our final break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the bench and some of the questions from this bench unit. We'll be right back. segment here pickaxe and roll ryan blackburn here thank you so much for tuning in uh, let's talk about the bench but first let's talk about monte morris uh, if you didn't hear pre-game michael malone basically said slash implied uh monte morris is going to be out for a significant period of time hamstring injuries are difficult he just came off of a quad i'm pretty sure or a calf it was one of the two uh but monte morris has that soft tissue injury. It's hard to rush a guy back from that because once they aggravate it again, then you're out. Then you're you're not going to be able to come back. P.J. Dozier had a tough time coming back from his earlier in this season. He missed, I think, 14 or 15 games in a row trying to come back from his injury. And he didn't rush it back, and nor did Denver need him to rush it back. But at this point, they need Monte. They need him really bad, but they need him for the playoffs more than they need him for the regular season. So they are going to be patient with him for that reason. Uh, Michael Malone said that he didn't know whether he was going to start Faku or, or PJ earlier today. That was definitely a lie. He knew that he was going to start Faku, and I don't blame him. Uh, but yeah, Faku starting, it, it was fine. They got the win, uh, had some good plays against John Morant, but once again... John Morant went 36-12-8, and, and 
and Faku wasn't the best defender on him. I thought that Shaq Harrison had some good plays. I thought that uh, P.J. Dozier had some good plays. So we're going to see whether that sticks or not. Uh, but other other bench notes here. Uh, Vlatko. Uh, actually, did I... Uh... Yeah, no, let's, let's actually talk about P.J. Uh, P.J., he wasn't perfect. I thought that Denver needed that ball-handling threat late in the game, but P.J., because Faku has his limitations, because Will Barton is one guy, because Michael Porter, you want him to space the floor as much as possible because of how dangerous he is, and he proved it tonight. Uh, P.J. did a really nice job tonight, I think, of being a ball-handling threat who could get to the rim. Had to take a couple of shots late in the shot clock. That's his role. That's something that he's going to have to do. Was oh like kind of over on on those shots late in the late in the clock, but tonight he had some good plays. Uh, had the one play where he really rejected the screen uh, from uh, from Nikola Jokic, and basically he uh, he drove to the rim off of a, a an empty weak side. Sorry, I'm I'm getting a little stuffed up here. Drove to the rim off of an empty weak side. They were going to run a DHO. PJ says, no, we actually have an open lane. Let me just drive here. Got to the rim, finished well. Missed all of his shots from three. Missed some. Missed a, uh, a turnaround kind of fadeaway shot or step back shot late in the clock. Missed one shot uh, at the rim, but made the others. And so he's going to be a guy that the shot will mostly determine how he plays, but overall tonight, 10 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, uh, 3 turnovers, which wasn't good. But I thought that his turnovers were less egregious, I will say. It is what it is. Some guys, they just, they're more loud. His weren't. Uh, but yeah, 37 minutes, he was a guy that was very important. Uh, played a lot more than Aaron Gordon, and I thought deserved to play that. We will see if he closes over Aaron Gordon in the future, or Will Barton, or Faku, or MPJ. We'll see. But he is a, a very important piece as Monte Morris stays out. Um, Paul Millsap was really good. Jamichael Green was really good. They basically had identical stat lines, um, other than Jamichael Green playing more. Paul Millsap was really good. Sorry. He was really good in his first stint. Had 10 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 4 of 5 from the field in the first half. Finished, I think, with 12 and 5. Uh, had a couple nice defensive plays as well. Uh, Jamichael Green also had some really nice defensive plays. That was what I really noticed in the second quarter. Both of those guys were making plays, and they made life really difficult for the Memphis Grizzlies' second unit. And that's a really, really important thing. Uh, Denver's, uh, they gave up 35 points in each of the first and third quarters. So when you start the second and the fourth quarter, being able to shut down the opposing team while also making up some ground, that's really important. Denver's bench gets in trouble when they also score zero points. uh, Because then it's like, was this worth it or not? I don't know. But we'll see. We'll see how he, how they handle it in the future. JaVale McGee, another DNP. Pretty sure this is the third in the row. Third in a row. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, J- 
Jermichael Green, Paul Millsap, I thought they played pretty well. They were each a minus one, minus three, I'm pretty sure. So definitely wasn't a bad night uh, from the bench side of things. Other than Vlatko, who uh, Vlatko played tonight. Thought he had a really nice opening play. Uh, I think he uh, he drove uh, baseline after kind of pump faking on a three, created his own shot, got two points. He grabbed three rebounds tonight, but that's really all he did other than turning over the ball twice. Uh, Denver really didn't have a lot of success with him on the floor. Uh, he doesn't really do anything, and that to me is a big problem. Uh, two points, three rebounds, zero assists, steals or blocks, two turnovers, a couple of them loud, or one of them loud especially, uh, was a minus 14 in 11 minutes. That's not going to get it done. Denver needs to be better than that. Uh, they're lucky that he really was in there so that Michael Porter didn't have to play as many minutes. Because this was a double overtime game, Michael Porter still played 43 minutes. So, not great. But better than Michael Porter playing 50 minutes, that's for sure. So we'll see how that goes. But I thought that Vlatko was one story from the bench. The other story was Shaq Harrison, who was pretty good tonight defensively. Uh, didn't do a lot offensively. Definitely wasn't a, a major focal point there. Denver's primary bench unit. Uh, Vlatko was basically in there at the end of the, or kind of mid-first, mid-third, and then didn't play at all after that. Denver's primary bench unit tonight was PJ, Shaq Harrison, MPJ, Jermichael Green, Paul Millsap. It was a really good defensive group. And if Porter is the worst defender there, because of what he's shown lately, just as an overall defensive player, that's going to be a really good defensive unit. And they did a, a really nice job of shutting the opposing team down in the past few games. Tonight was just another example of that. Shaq Harrison fit really well into that. Will Barton gave him a big shout out for just kind of being on his toes and being ready. Uh, he was the defensive sub late in clutch time for MPJ. Usually that role is filled by P.J. Dozier when Monte is healthy. Uh, but tonight, because P.J. was already closing, Shaq Harrison was the defensive sub. And he did really, really well. Defensively, I thought he defended better overall on Ja than, uh, than Faku did. So, Faku had more time, and so he had probably more of an overall impact. But I thought that Shaq Harrison did a really nice job, kind of as a defensive rotation guard. We'll see if he can kind of carve out a rotation spot, whether this is something that's going to continuously happen. But I like Shaq Harrison a lot more than I like Marcus Howard. I'll just put it that way. Uh, Shaq Harrison at least has an elite offense. He has an elite skill on the floor, and that's kind of his ability to sit down and guard perimeter players. I uh, thought he did that well tonight. So good on him. If Faku is, or if, if uh, Monte is out for significant time, Denver's going to have to figure out whether Faku or PJ is best as the fifth starter next to Barton, Porter, Gordon, and Jokic. Uh, tonight they went with Faku. They won the game, though they did it in double OT. Uh, Faku was fine uh, from a defensive perspective, but from an offensive perspective was really bad. That probably won't continue. We'll see if Denver can get their rhythm again. But the next six games for Denver are against Portland, Golden State, Houston, Memphis, New Orleans, and Toronto. 
if Denver wants to make a run for a three seed, which is still possible, though not likely, if they want to make a run for a three seed, they have to go five and one here. No questions asked. They have to beat Portland, probably. They probably have to beat Golden State. They could drop one of those games, but then they would have to win the next four. So, of the defensive matchups there, of what Michael Malone is probably going to be looking at, I think you're probably okay to go with Faku as the starter. Have him chase around each of the guards that are on those teams. Damian Lillard, if healthy, if not CJ McCollum. Uh, Steph Curry, who's just going bonkers right now. I don't think Denver has anybody that could really guard him. But if they did, then maybe Faku could at least uh, chase him around for a little bit. John Wall. John Morant again. uh, Eric Bledsoe. And then Fred Van Vliet. There are definitely a lot of small guards that Faku could try to bother, at least with the starting unit. You can always close with PJ over him, but maybe getting the ball moving, maybe kind of having other players get into the rhythm offensively, Will Barton, Aaron Gordon, and then MPJ and Jokic. If those guys carry the offensive scoring load a little bit, then Faku can focus on the facilitation aspect and the defense aspect. Maybe that's a formula to help Denver get out to leads. We'll see if they do that. We'll see if that actually happens. But either way, tonight, a really special game. I'm glad for whoever was there. Uh, this was a lot of fun to be at. The crowd was very good. Military appreciation night tonight, and there was a lot of clapping, a lot of positive, lots of positive people. Uh, but yeah, Nikola Jokic, 47 points. 15 rebounds, 8 assists. MVP statement if I've ever seen one. That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. We will be back probably tomorrow. Maybe not. Uh, We'll see how the schedule ultimately goes. I want to get on a guest either on this coming off day or or the off day after next game. And we will see how that ultimately pans out. I am looking forward to seeing how Denver handles their business over the course of these next six. They are going to need an army. Can't just be Nikola Jokic. Has to be more. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in this time, and I'll talk to you guys very soon.